Welcome everybody to Alchemy Answers episode 48. This is going to be a special one. We are joined here by Matt. How do you pronounce your last name? Who? Who? Like who's there? Guess who? who? Who's your daddy? Whatever. Okay. So Matt Who, and he is the performance and esports medicine specialist expert for the Immortals Esports Club team organization, as well as mm -hmm. the LA Valiant and the the charge also is yeah that correct nice exactly so two overwatch league teams as well as a multi-gaming org and uh right. matt why don't you tell me and chat a little bit about what you do for those teams like what what makes you qualified to tell everybody how to live their life because you're not <laughs> my not dad <laughs> i'm just a random asian guy here in this little box on youtube <laughs> uh, no yeah so I, i'm a physical therapist i'm also orthopedic clinical specialist strength and conditioning specialist. I try to get all these letters after my name so that I could have some value going into this team and then working with them. But basically what I do um, in the team environment is I handle everything as, as it relates to their health and their performance. So from injury prevention to performance, uh, and I handle it pretty holistically, help them establish systems. I have some screenings, I make sure they work out and work with the coaches to establish a system that will not only just like develop the players, but also help them prevent any injuries and just stay more healthy, primarily because they're just gaming all the time, uh, so especially poster. Right How hard is it to get some of these gamers to work out, at least initially? Yeah, so, you know, I think that's probably the best question because I think that's the biggest challenge, right? And I have to leverage the right coaching staff and management to be able to work with them to at least one build trust with the players, but also have the right amount of right amount of balance between, Hey, like if you don't do this, there's some potential issues that you guys might run into. But my, my route is typically, Hey, I just build trust. I have meetings with them, help them figure out exactly what they want to do in terms of fitness, health, injury prevention, nutrition, management, mindset, things. And you know, I'm a huge gamer myself, right? Like I actually used to play a bunch of Dota, the OG Dota, you know, I was on clan, I was clan TDA. Yeah, and then dude. I, I went to Han, <laughs> uh, and then I never got into Dota 2. But you know, I'm a huge gamer myself. I play, I mean, in every single game that I like to play, I always try to get to like top five percent as much as possible. I think Overwatch, I got to like GM mm -hmm. 4300 or something like that. Um, I used to play a lot of CSGO, but that allows me to build a lot of rapport with them, really understand where they're coming from in terms of grinding, playing competitively. And then really from there, work with them to find out what works best to move them along on, on what I call this developmental timeline. So everyone is a little different, right? There's some kids that are 24, some kids that are 16. And I, the way that I frame it is that if once they come into our organization, I have to find out where they are in terms of the stage of development. You know, one, if I just tell a 24 year old, hey, like it's important for you to work out, pay attention to your nutrition, maybe sleep more. He'll probably be like, yeah, I know. I've been living 24 <laughs> years. Right. I've felt it in my body. But the 16-year-old that comes straight from high school has no concept of that at all. So right. I can't treat both of those in the same way. Right? And I know I'm speaking a lot about this, but it's like it's a big part of how I approach everything uh, just with, with not only with my content, but like with, with teams and working with yeah i mean that's legit we we have a very similar thing going on here but you know obviously different topic um 
getting the average pub Dota player to believe that it's their fault that they lose and not their teammates is like one of our biggest missions here on this channel. And it is unbelievably difficult <laughs> for just like a random person to blame themselves and take responsibility. But obviously that's kind of what you're doing is trying to get people to be like, Hey man, your performance is under your own control and you can do other stuff to make it better than just grind games for 14 hours a day. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I think it's still really, really early. There's a lot of potential for really, really cool things like creating um, motor coordination training programs through Kovax, Aim Lab, um, and even right like League of Legends has Mobilytics that has you know really novel and kind of crude sort of training systems for multitasking so that they can look at the mini map. Um, right. But it, but really, like th this is truly the time to get into this get into this part of the industry because there's nothing and right. i'm like i'm really excited for all the things that you know we're working on but also what other people come out with yeah man i mean i i know from my own personal background as somebody who played sports all the way through college that it really is all about like taking care of your your body to also take care of your brain and then when your brain's taken care of your performance is obviously going to spike in the positive and so it's really just like this full connected system and I remember that was one of the things that drew me to esports initially is that there's just like so many things that you can bring over from traditional sports that, that have been doing it for like, you know, 150, 200 years, even developing these, these systems of training and, and making yourself a better competitor that there just isn't an esports. Like mm -hmm. there are a few esports people and gamers that come from a sports background because it's like a new way to compete. But so many gamers are just like, you know, you're not brought up necessarily in a coaching yeah, exactly. uh, system. You're just like in your bedroom and suddenly you're the best gamer in the world in a exactly. certain thing. It's like this weird, uh, weird path to getting there, to making it that doesn't involve yeah. any sort of other like support system. So that's interesting that you say that because the thing that I always say when I'm explaining to a lot of people that come from a traditional sports background and want to implement a lot of things that are within traditional sports is Hey, like these guys are different. Think about it. They're coming straight from 16, 17, 18, and they have to experience what it's like to be a high school, college, and professional athlete all crunched into one year. It's impossible to do that, right? And, right. and but yet they're forced to do that. So the level of development that they have to go through is not even close to what traditional athletes has to have to because they have the structure from the moment they're what in grade school, they have little league and they have intramurals. They have all these structures within high school and college that allow them to understand how to handle all everything that's associated with coaching and the structure of a, of a team. So yeah, I mean, hundred percent. That's, that's something I always speak to um, when it comes to working with esports athletes or gamers. Nice. All right. Well, do um, you want to get into some questions from our, our patron? patreon supporters yeah, and uh we'll totally chat as well um but we had some pretty good responses a lot of stuff about like posture and, and that kind of stuff and i know that yeah, that's something yeah, you, yeah. you really specialize in um i guess one more question before we hop into this is do you have any sort of um like really concrete stories of you maybe fixing somebody's either like pre-game warm-up or uh, workout routine or sleeping schedule or something like that and having them like 
all of a sudden come to you a month later and be like, dude, you changed like my ability to, to win these games or something like that. Yeah, all the time. And actually through different channels or mediums. But the one of the ones that I think of almost immediately is a Smash Ultimate player, or I guess back then it was Smash 4, but I used to work I used to work with CLG and I worked with the this this guy called Void or Tice. Oh yeah, I worked with Void and um basically he had really crappy posture, didn't really exercise, didn't really take care of himself when he went to tournaments, and we changed all of that. And he immediately in the in like two weeks came back and was like, dude, I don't know why I wasn't doing this before. <laughs> Um, when I sit up and I have better posture, I feel like I have more energy and I use that as a cue in game. Uh, when he slouches slunch, over, he reminds himself to, uh, sit more upright and that allows him to play better. Um, that, that was probably one of the more notable ones that I remember, but I mean, all the time. Uh, one of the things that I, I do with all the teams is make sure that they work out to a high intensity interval routine prior to their match day. And okay. all coaches, all players have all responded super positively to that system um, and saying they have more energy, they focus better, they calm better. So, yeah, you know. Nice. Cool. Right on. <sighs> <That's>, <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun. That's dope. I, I can't wait to see what, what science and, like, just as the field develops. It's going to be so interesting. Yeah. All right. So, question. So we can number... get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Question number one is from Rommel, and they ask, how important is it to play with both feet flat on the floor? I tend to cross my legs or play with my feet under my chair. Um, I guess probably the subcontext for this would be just like for postural comfort slash um, how long can you sustain that before you have problems? Yeah, I think what we should first talk about is let's just make it known that any position for a long period of time can be harmful. But even if you sit with the perfect posture 24 hours in a row, it's not going to be good for you. Um, so I, I guess like the first response is like, how long are you actually playing this position? If you're moving a lot in between those positions pretty frequently when you're playing, then it's actually okay, right? You, you're not, the tissues aren't going to be placed in too much strain. But if we zoom out and just look at these positions objectively, I always recommend the feet being flat on the floor, mainly because there's just overall less strain on your tissue if you play with your feet supported. And, All right, I'm going to put my and, feet on the floor. <laughs> modif <laughs> modify your ergonomic environment to really allow that to happen. So um, it's sort of that most neutral position that doesn't allow for shortening of certain muscles that can prevent your muscles from working well. So what we call muscle inhibition at your legs and even your lower back. So a lot of the times when we're sitting, our muscles don't work as well. So when we get up and do other things, our lower back or the joints of our lower back get irritated more quickly. If we dip, dive into the cross-legged position, if you guys kind of just imagine it, um, this can cause shortening of your butt muscles, uh, cause strain on the outside of your knee. I'm sure you guys can kind of see why physically if you're crossing your knees and and sometimes when you just bend your knee too much it can limit the blood flow going uh both ways uh it's the same story with if your knees bent too far underneath your chair that typically places more pressure underneath your thighs so uh, let me just demonstrate for you guys we're gonna switch over uh, to the other screen yeah yeah, yeah. okay i'm gonna share this 
This is a quick drawing, you know. Boom! Look at this guy. You guys see him? I hope you guys. I think it. I think it's working. All right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> look at this guy. He looks really, really erect. <laughs> Obvious, and he's not wearing clothes. This is not how I want you guys to play. Obviously, but what I'm trying to demonstrate is obviously this thing. All right, he's flat. Feet are supported. Nice, right? And then I, I want you guys to envision, right? If it's if his knees are bent like this, there'll be more pressure here. Okay. So that can sometimes limit blood flow. That also shortens these muscles here, your hamstrings, which. Again, when you go and do other activities, you can place more strain on your lower back. Yeah, so, dude. This guy, right? So hold on, we'll, we'll make him happier. <laughs> yeah, kind of wow, looks like the really, actually. That's really, really creepy. Really <laughs> creepy. My bad, my bad. Okay, um, so I'm back. Okay, so if we want to be a super villain, then the answer is to sit with good posture, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, that is creepy. That is creepy. So that's kind of interesting because I so. Ever since I started working on like Dota stuff full time and doing marketing work where I, I have to sit at a desk all the time, I just noticed that my legs hurt almost all the time. Like there's just like this kind of like discomfort because my hamstrings are so short all the time. Like I can feel them. They're just like rock hard, tight all the time. And it hurts mm -hmm. my lower back and it makes me like not want to work out because I feel like shit. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and like that's why it's super important when we work out to have a like a nice warm up. Yeah. Cause we have to undo all the stress of what we're doing throughout the day, which is literally just sitting. And then we go out and do this workout. A lot of us skip that step, right? We just don't realize it. Right. Just hop right in. I'm gonna do let me do my twenty squats or whatever. Let me do my strong lifts. But you'll hurt your back if you don't warm up properly, activate your glutes, all those things. Sounds good. All right, the next question is from Edge Dancer, and uh, shout out to uh, the uh, what's that series? Way of Kings. It's a good, good series, fantasy series. If you like fantasy books, they ask, uh, does resting your forearms on the edge of the table hurt you? Basically, asking whether armrests or wrist rests are good to have. I assume the wrist rests would be like on the like the mouse pads that some people have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good question. Um, I think typically if the arms are at the edge of the table, what I've seen is that the elbow is lower than the wrist. So the bulk of the muscles are, or of the forearm are in contact with the edge. I think that's what he's asking. Uh, in, in that position, your, your mouse, the muscles um, have to work harder at your forearm due to the angle of your forearm. So it lengthens the top of the muscles right here, and it, length, and it shortens the bottom muscles here. And in terms of muscle physiology, there's an optimal length at which muscles tend to work. And if you guys think about it in terms of a bicep curl, when you are at slightly over 90 degrees, that's when you're the strongest. It's called a length tension relationship. But um, at the cellular level, it just means these proteins are aligned pretty well. Um, but that creates the best tension. Um, so it'll fatigue more easily if you're in that position. It doesn't necessarily hurt you to do that, um, but it can lead to higher risk of injury. Uh, and I think typically with that, it's like you might not have better ergonomics. So the my recommendation is, yeah, use an armrest or 
sit close enough to your table so that your forearm is parallel with the ground and it's just resting on the table. Kind of like reminds me of those videos of like the old Korean StarCraft pros who would like measure everything and like make sure that their armrests on their chairs were like perfectly in line with their, their desk and stuff like that. So you're saying exactly. that, that's good stuff, right? Yep. Bring your ruler out. <laughs> Pop that ruler out. Sweet. Uh, so in that regard, what what kind of chairs do you recommend? Obviously, you have like a gaming chair. Um, you know what? Like, I get this question all the time, and I don't really have one straight recommendation. I think the Herman Miller chairs are great. I really think the main thing is it's all about custom customization and how you're able to customize it to to fit the setup of your table. Right? You can't just only consider your chair. You have to make sure your armrest can fit under it. Can you raise it high enough? So that your armrest can uh, don't come in contact with the table and or put your forearms on the table. There, there's so many things that you can consider. So I think one of the, maybe the stepwise process is okay. Understand the dimensions of your table. Understand the width of your table. Then look into the dimensions of the chair and see if that allows you to clear the table. If you like to play closer and and you want your forearms to be resting on the table. If not, there are most tables have or most chairs now have armrests. You can keep it parallel to the ground. Um, all the, I mean, in terms of the actual comfort and how much cushion, I, I prefer a little more firm because it doesn't mean your muscles have to work a little harder as you're sitting and you're sinking in and you have to be more active to hold yourself up. I think firm is a little better. Um, it's nice to have a lumbar support, but it's not necessary. Same thing with the neck pillow. It's all about how you sit in the chair um, and whether or not you can customize it to to sit in what would be the neutral positions? Um, and I, I have like this long guide that maybe I can like post it in the post it in the chat. Yeah, go for it. Um, you can also, link it in the description if you want. Yeah, there it is, guys. Anyways, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I can't say, oh, this is the best chair because every chair is different for every everyone's size. Sure. Um, so. Whenever someone says this is the best gaming chair, they're not telling you the truth. <laughs> it's the best gaming chair for one person. Sure, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I like that question. Do we have to bring a tape measure when we go to a net cafe? Yeah, yes. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> bring it. Bring a protractor too, you know. <laughs> that'll that'll bring definitely not them. get you beat up. When... <laughs> well, then you have a weapon. Exactly. Just... Ninja star. Exactly. Okay, so Dark Phoenix asks, should I avoid tucking a foot under myself, aka half yoga position? I sit like this also a lot of the time. Yeah, I think a lot of people sit like this too. Mm -hmm. And I think he has a second part of his question too, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So two different ones. So you can answer uh, that one first if you want. But he also asks, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I'll answer that one. Um, so Dark Phoenix, pretty much the same answer to the Rommel question. Right, if you're not holding it too long, right, should be fine. Um, objectively, it's better to play with your feet flat and supported. If you're not tall enough, you get a footrest to bring the full uh, floor up to you, right? Mm -hmm. um, same thing if you're if you're turning your knee out and sitting on your foot, the outer knee tissues can be irritated, and it can also irritate the knee joint itself. So when I was working in an orthopedic clinic back then, all these fifty. 60-year-old ladies, I mean, you guys obviously aren't 50 and 60. There's no Dota Silver sneakers yet. But, well, maybe there is, actually. Who knows? But 
they came to me saying, Hey, I still like this a lot. And then they have joint irritation. And once we change that position or change that habit of theirs, they felt better. So, um, because we're young, we're resilient. It's not going to hurt us as much, but just a thing to keep in mind. Why not avoid that in the first place and just feet flat on the ground? Sure. Cool. Yeah. So the second question from dark Phoenix was I have, uh, I tend to have slight discomfort under the knuckle base of his index finger during a slight claw grip on his mouse, which I assume, I think Logitech G502 or something like that. Uh, should I stretch? Should I do stretch exercises for that? And what would be a good hand stretch? I know you have a hand stretching program. I've seen it before, so mm-hmm. I'm going to assume yes. But yeah, so I think with regards to the slight. Uh, discomfort under the base of the finger i think it depends on whether or not it's on the palm side or the opposite side of the hand right because that means it's a different uh, tissue involvement i am assuming because it's claw it's probably on the opposite side of the hand right um over here so it's probably over here that's that's a tendon irritation issue um stretches are really temporary in terms of relief so if you guys do have discomfort here, discomfort in your fingers here, discomfort along the backside here, it's all the same stretch. And you can isolate the fingers that you guys feel it in or the, the respective knuckle by just grabbing the two fingers, pulling it back. I don't know if you guys can kind of see this but like that. That'll hurt if, if you're if you're tight in there. That'll definitely hurt. I've Yeah, and you want to hold it 20 to 30 seconds. You're not trying to stretch it to the point where it really does hurt. Moderate discomfort's fine. But really, if you want long-term relief and be able to play in the claw position, have the G502 and not worry, you want to also build up your endurance. So the the thing I always recommend is this general program or general video that I've created um, that works to just build up endurance for your wrist and hand muscles. But specific to the index finger, something obviously super easy you can do is uh, a lot of people get those that grip strengthening kit that has like a rubber band that's attached to the finger and you just... Uh, provide no way, some like resistance. actual single finger yeah yeah i mean you can provide some resistance but why not work on all of them at once sure you know you can just work on all extensors um endurance sort of repetitions three sets of 20 three sets of 15 uh morning and nighttime and then it takes roughly four to six weeks to make a change in strength so that's when you can really expect for there to be noticeable changes maybe in two weeks if it's a coronation issue but six weeks is roughly the time if you're really consistent with doing these exercises that you'll probably not feel any discomfort at all after doing it consistently so yeah that's awesome all right uh next question is let's see we've gotten plenty of questions about the foot and leg position so i think i'm gonna skip that one uh here's a good one and actually there we put out a question on or put out that you were going to be on on instagram as well and there's some a bunch of questions about like eyesight and stuff like that so okay maybe i can bring some of those in addition to this one by lock cap sure. i'll do is, my best <laughs> what is an optimal monitor position in relation to your eyes should i force my eyes to look up and encourage better posture okay so this is a super super good question because there's a, this really common misconception that looking up will help you have better posture and i recently had this same question with actually a pro overwatch player and he'd been dealing with some upper neck pain right under the base of his neck um, so his upper cervical joints and that he'd also been deal, uh, causing or experiencing some headaches and one of the contributing factors was that his monitor was too high because he felt like that would encourage better posture 
But on the flip side, it actually causes what we call cervicogenic headaches. It can irritate the joints at the top, uh, right below the base of your skull or the suboccipital, suboccipital muscle group, this triangle of muscles that are literally below the base of your head. Um, and we can we can actually go into that drawing again. Yeah, switch it I'll show over. you guys. Show you guys this drawing. Hold up. Boom. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll do this. Okay. So when you guys um, your face, by the way. Oh, we are. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Boom. There we go. So when we're sitting with crappy posture, um, the muscles that we irritate are right over here. Okay, and there's also joints over here that get irritated. That causes some headaches that radiate over the top of our head. Um, for anyways. The, for the podcast people, we're talking about right, like the base of your skull in the back. Right here, right here. Yep. Um, and let's actually get into why it should be lower, right? So the actual, let me see if I, oh yeah, there, boom. My, my typical recommendation is that when you're sitting upright on your computer, you should be, your eyes, so the level of your eyes should be at the top one-fourth of the monitor. Okay, and the reason is because the optimal level for what we call convergence of the eyes is roughly between like 15 to 40 degrees. So you want that downward tilt of the eyes to look in the center of the screen so that your eyes don't fatigue as easily. Your eyes don't have to work as hard, and that's based on the in the internal anatomy and lens of the eye, allowing for the least amount of strain. Um, so yeah, basically allow the eyes, allow your eyes to be at the top one fourth of the monitor, allow sort of this type of angle to, to the center of your screen. So this is where the center of your screen should be. Right. And I mean, if you guys reflect it, it'll probably be roughly the same here. Um, so if, on the opposite end, if you're looking up, right, what happens is you, people don't typically just use their eyes. They use their neck to look up. And that's what causes more compression here in this area. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, These diagrams are clutch. <laughs> yep. This is good stuff. Stick figure diagrams. Well prepared. Um, okay. So let's see. Um, yeah, somebody wrote that they should probably try not to try try not to play with your monitor upside down either. That's probably pretty good advice. <laughs> I, I do, do want to get to Shiver's question a little bit, right? Because the answer that I had was a little different than everyone else. Because oh, sure. we can just refer to the same answer. Yeah, get your feet flat on the ground. But I think he had a really good question about how to break the habit or coping with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's really important for us to touch on, right? Um, it's a habit we have to work out of. And the research actually right now is not definitive on how, how long it takes to break a habit. And I know there's a lot of um, gurus out there that say, oh, 21 days or it takes however many hours or whatever like that. Everyone is different. So there's so many confounding factors that we have to consider to be able to say, all right, this is exactly how long it takes for you to break a habit. All you need to know is the harder you work on creating rules for yourself to, and creating the environment for yourself to change the habit, the faster it will be. So the difference between one week versus the difference between six weeks. Sure. Um, it's, it's like the so, perfect practice is better than just like regular practice, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I think the practical things that you can do, not only for the sitting habit that he has, um, sitting on his one leg or slouching is 
uh, I always recommend this to the pros that I work with or any gamer. Every time the results screen happens or, or pops up, check your sitting posture or check your upper body posture. For lower body, that means feet supported, knees hip width, thighs parallel to the ground. For the upper body, that just means bring your chest up, shoulders tilted slightly back, and then tuck your chin a little bit. And right, the goal isn't to be super erect, head tilted all the way back, but but as you begin to practice that over and over, your posture will change from slouching to more upright. And you can see that with uh, with a lot of people that I worked with, um, they start in this really hunched position. And as they're more conscious about it throughout the day, another rule I like to have them set is every time you walk through the door, bring your chest up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's a good thing. But also you can do exercises, right? You want to be able to use the muscles and have the endurance to sit in that position for longer periods of time. And those are things like tucking your chin, doing a wall posture. Um, I, this is like one exercise I always, I always post. I actually should do a more in-depth like walkthrough for posture. Um, so that'll probably be one of my next projects um, since I always have to talk about it, but I never have this this holistic or thorough video that I can recommend. So, yeah. Cool. Um I got a question. Whatever. We'll move on to the next one. Oh, here's here's one that I, I think is really interesting. What's the optimal ergonomic spacing between keyboard and mouse? Because there's been some people in Dota that play like almost like this. And then obviously there's some people that play with like one arm cocked like this to like hit the side keys and, and like Counter-Strike and stuff like that. And the, mm-hmm. the, like the mouse arm This is a normal. good question. This is a very good question. So um, I think it depends. I mean, I think every answer in health depends, right? Because everyone's different. But the main considerations that we should should have are, okay, I have a split keyboard. So the space in between is a little different, right? Everyone's keyboard is a little different. If they have a 10 key versus 10 keyless, that will affect the difference, right? Or that will affect the positioning of the keyboard. In general, we don't want our shoulder to be in too much internal rotation because that affects how we do overhead activities later on can cause more irritation of uh, the muscles in our shoulder. So, right, while the vertical keyboard's fine um, and and there really isn't any issue with the wrist for the vertical keyboard, my main issue is that it it causes too much internal rotation of the shoulder uh, when you're there in the longer... Yeah, yeah. when you're there in longer periods of time. So, um, again, it's okay to have it if it helps with your performance. Because for some people, it actually reduces for your keybinds the distance that you have to move to like an F1, to like one of your macro buttons. Sure. Right. That, that's of course. I, I don't want you to uh, trade off performance with something that you know you don't. You can easily do a stretch after you're done playing the game to undo some of the stress. So it, it all depends. If you're willing to do some stretches afterwards, then it's fine. You can have the vertical keyboard position, and you can play with your keyboard a little closer to your mouse. Um, on the flip side, right, if they're a little further apart, it just causes your your shoulders to be in more external rotation. And in the same way, right, you can, it shortens muscles somewhere else or, short, or shorten muscles at a certain uh, location. It lengthens muscles in another location, which creates some imbalance. And that can cause higher risk of injury when you're doing other activities. Okay. Again, all can be undone after you're done playing. 
with the right stretches. And just diligent consistency with that. Exactly. Uh, so here's yeah. a question for you. I know that like the standard gamer posture is always kind of like, it's like shoulders forward, um, chest kind of like concave almost, like head forward a little bit. Could you actually sort of correct that a little bit by let's say putting your keyboard and mouse farther apart so you have to kind of like thoracically extend or like put your chest out to reach them does that make um, sense <laughs> that's a good point i think so actually i think um, when you are in an external rotated position naturally you have to be in a more thoracic extension so i think that's a good point um but what typically happens is there's some compensations at the wrist there's not a, as much wrist movement um, towards the, your pinky if you're externally rotated. Um, if you guys can just kind of try that or, or visualize that now, right? Oh, I can't even bring my camera there. But anyways, yeah, if, you, if you're externally rotated, your, your wrist sometimes isn't able to move as far towards your pinky. Uh, but I think that's a good point. I think in general, it's, it's just better to um, leverage uh, your understanding of having better posture uh, but not only that just taking the time to to work on that and be conscious of that as you guys are gaming cool all right um here's a here's a more dota related question and since you've played some dota um, let's do it as a support player i often find my carry has no spine how do i deal with that no, I'm just so <laughs> you grab him just kidding. No. Okay. Okay. No, okay. But a real question is, uh, do you have any recommendations for taking care of your eyesight while playing more than three hours of Dota a day? And do you recommend those like blue light glasses or are there any good glasses or do glasses affect your eyesight um, negatively or positively for that kind of stuff? So yeah, another really thoughtful question. I like it. Uh, I think blue light 100% can affect eye fatigue but for three hours i wouldn't worry about it too much um, i think your diet has a really big impact on it um, there's actually this product that is coming out or i've seen it a lot um, it's called i promise um, and i and it's originally in traditional sports and they're getting in esports right now but with what they have all the ingredients within their product i, I think it actually has some potential to benefit for extended periods of time of playing um, it just creates better environment for the eyes to function. Um, but besides that, I think uh, the the basics the basics are always what I, I would refer back to. Right, you can take supplements, you can do all these other things, but you always have to get back to the basics with general care for your eyes. So taking breaks, and one thing that you know, even my mom knew this. <laughs> my Asian mom would come in and be like, "Hi, Matt, look." look at far distances, look in the green. And you know, she always tell me that. And I didn't really believe her, but looking at for like different distances for your eyes, help relax certain muscles uh, of your eye and can really provide some, uh, a much needed break for your eyes. That's just focusing on a lot of different cues that are in front of you when you're playing Dota. Um, uh, aside from that, even, even closing your eyes for a little bit, um, during one of your breaks, after you go and grab some water, can go a long way to rehydrate it. Eye drops can be helpful, um, but a good diet, regular exercise, sleeping well are, are ob obviously the foundations for for making sure that your eyesight is set when you guys are playing for long periods of time in Dota. There's definitely more to explore here. Um, 
cool. that I'm I'm not that familiar with too, but I I want to get more into understanding that. Yeah, one thing I I can say is from my own personal experience that um, my eyesight is definitely much worse at like the end of the day if I've just been sitting looking at a computer screen all the time. And so sometimes what I'll do if I've like done you know like a six hour or seven hour session. Um, of like editing a video or, or gaming or whatever is I'll go outside if it's sunny and then I'll just like lie outside in the sun kind of, which is like the sun on my face and eyes closed for like 10 minutes. And I'll notice nice. that like by the end of that, I'll be able to like see individual leaves on trees that I normally can't see yeah. with like without glasses normally. Yep. That's a really good one. I mean, I mean just taking a walk. Yeah. Taking a no joke. The walk, a walk is so therapeutic getting fresh air that's it's undervalued in in gaming totally cool all right are you good for like maybe two more questions and then the speed sure, round man. from chat all right awesome so sure. these two are about sedentary lifestyle which obviously this extends beyond gaming beyond dota beyond whatever whatever game you like to play this is like human issues 101 right now i feel like in our society mm -hmm. um are there any eating habits that you should follow in order to avoid health problems due to sedentary lifestyle? And can you recommend anything besides exercise and taking breaks for dealing with that? Wait, are there, repeat the question, are there any eating habits, what? Are there any eating habits that you can follow in order to avoid health problems due to sedentary lifestyle? Hmm, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure I can provide too much of a holistic response but i think in general what i i've found has been pretty helpful as a as a habit is fasting um specifically intermittent fasting i know that there's a on the spectrum of health for a lot of gamers there's the really skinny and then the the overweight right and it obviously depends on where you fall on that spectrum of which one will be beneficial for you um right i think it's pretty straightforward in that you shouldn't be ordering food late at night but with the gaming lifestyle it makes it easy for us to do that right and one of the things that i like to recommend the most to people is just planning planning ahead that can go such a long way into preventing you caving into you know your do dopamine urges and ordering you know, 50 chicken nuggets at McDonald's <laughs> through Uber Eats, which I did before in New York. And it was, I didn't feel good. I like, I felt terrible. Um, but that was a, a while ago. I'm just kidding. It was like a week ago. Just kidding. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a while ago, but, but planning and preparation that allows you to identify, okay, well, I know that I'm going to be eating at this time and I don't have to worry about what I'm going to order. I know I'm going to be playing for this time. I'm taking this amount of breaks. Right? And that can seem so daunting to a gamer in the beginning. But start small. Start with micro-commitment. All right, I'm just going to plan for one break. Did I succeed? Sure. If I did, great. Next time, I'll do two. Next time, I'll plan one, one good snack. I'll ask my mom to buy a banana. Right? And and like, like that's how <laughs> just, just one banana. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how I episode where he just goes, Mom! You know, and gets the shit passed. <laughs> But instead, get a banana, you know, like or get sure. some good snacks, some al almonds, some some healthy snacks, um, like celery and peanut butter, whatever. Um, 
And I think for those, I mean, and if you, just being brutally honest, if you guys are overweight, try intermittent fasting, having two meals, you will feel great. You know, have coffee in the morning, have your first meal with a little bit more carbs and taper your carbs into your second meal. You will feel great. You'll lose weight. Uh, you don't have to track all your calories and shit like that. Uh, it's a good, great, a uh, good start to start building better habits for nutrition. Nice. That's really good advice. I noticed that, um, and it, it's hard to say that there isn't any correlation. I haven't like expressly tried to prove this, but, um, I was pretty hard stuck at like a, you know, slightly above, above average rank for a long time. And ever since I made an extra focus to, instead of like, I used to just binge queue all the time. So I'd like queue for a game. It would end. I just play another one, play another one, play another one, just like that. Mm -hmm. There'd be like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'd get up to like, go take a piss or something like that. But that was basically it. It would just be like five, six games in a row. And now what I've been doing is I'll get up between any game, like every single game I play, I'll get up, I'll go like either get a glass of water um, I'll go eat like a couple carrots or something like that even. And I'll notice like, I'll be like, holy shit, I've been hungry for like five hours and I've just been ignoring it because I'm just like so locked into my game or I'm like mm -hmm. super thirsty, stuff like that. Um, and surprise, surprise, I'm like top, I don't know, 2% now I'm, I'm steadily, yeah. steadily climbing rank and it's like, Legit. It's I, I feel like a lot of it is just because of these tiny micro breaks in my gaming sessions. Yeah, for sure. Piece to reset. I think another important thing to consider with that is right, like that's that's the mode that everyone always has. I'm just gonna keep playing. But the biggest thing that we have to get used to is there's a lot of value in learning things outside of the game, which is why you guys are here, right? Which is why right. you guys subscribe to Dota Alchemy or their Patreon to learn more. And being okay with not playing the game and understanding that the game is a way to one maintain your mechanics, but also apply what you're learning through VOD reviews, through um, working with a coach or working with whoever to better understand your weakness or certain parts of the game that you want to improve on. Um, there's so many ways to approach improvement that are just better than just grinding aimlessly. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, I, I can't stress that enough. That's awesome, man. Um, okay, let's um, let's just take a few questions from the uh, the YouTube chat. I saw a couple of good ones earlier, and then I'll let you go. I definitely appreciate your time. Don't want to keep you for too long. Yeah, no worries. Um, all right, here's a good one. What um, this is, this is a good basic one for for everybody, I think. Do you have any sort of like basic workout regimen that you would recommend for somebody? Maybe somebody who's just like who wants to work out but doesn't do it regularly or maybe is getting into it for the first time and they spend a lot of time sitting and, you know, maybe working at a desk, being in school, gaming a lot. How would you start to like build them into fitness and introduce them to how good you can feel when you exercise? Yeah, so um, it again there's the it depends part in the fact that everyone's own goals for fitness are a little different um so if i if someone came to me i wanted to build strength or build gain size whereas the other person wanted to lose weight there's different approaches but for someone that just kind of regardless for both of them what i need them to do is 
uh, demonstrate that they're able to perform a lot of the basic movements well. So, you know, I, I typically recommend when I transition players into a gym program, uh, a push pull. If they're at a gym, I do a push pull. You can do a push pull even outside of the gym at home. Um, but so for you, like for most of rows or pull ups or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. For most of you guys that don't know, push pull with at the gym is like uh, bench press, shoulder press, squats is like push day with tricep press down, and maybe add a core exercise in there, cable external rotations, wrist extensions. Uh, that's more esports specific, right? Because uh, cable external rotations will help you with your rotator cuff. If you flick a lot at the mouse, wrist extensions help with obviously wrist fatigue. You can add finger exercises if you wanted to. Um, pull is like deadlift, uh, rows, lap pull downs, pull ups, um, horizontal row, um, anything high pull. And uh, those are all the things you can do at the gym, um, at, at home. Uh, I, I always ask that at least they have some equipment, whether it be TheraBands or even a dumbbell set. And with that, they can do enough. Um, and I, I love recommend, recommending interval training, which is, or just like high intensity interval training on the treadmill because that has so much of a benefit to our executive function, which is everything that we utilize in, in Dota, right? Our working memory, our inhibition control, our focus, our reaction time, all of that, all of those decision-making uh, functions of our con of our cognitive abilities are improved when you do a high-intensity interval on the treadmill, on the bike, on the stairmaster, on through rowing. So if you guys go out in the morning, hit a run where you run one minute, rest two minutes, run one minute, rest two minutes, repeat that four to five times. See how you feel. I mean, compare that with a with a walk or maybe a low level stretch, it's a big difference, right? In terms of the hormones that are released and and the testosterone that's released. So um, try that, right? So just, I guess quick review for, for those that have access to the gym, push pull. For those that don't have access to the gym, get TheraBands, get uh, some light dumbbells, and you can probably perform a lot of the same movements, right? A goblet squat, um, shoulder press with a TheraBand, push-ups, um, a pull, like a seated row or row with a TheraBand, a deadlift with a dumbbell. There's all these things you can do just at home. Um, and then we like get like a pull-up bar. And then if you guys want to have something additive on days where you guys maybe are playing a match, if you guys play competitively, then do a morning workout with your team or do a 15-minute workout with your team where you guys do intervals. One minute on, two minutes off. Repeat that for six to seven intervals or five intervals, whatever um, you guys want to do and see how you feel. Yeah, I think that that last point that you raised is actually really interesting. I know that some people, myself uh, included, are very um, kind of like to work out solo. I don't know, for some reason, I just would prefer to work out solo, but I know that the vast majority of people really benefit from having um, a partner or a group that they exercise with, and that can be just motivation enough to get you to continue going. So find out what your motivation is and find out what like gets you to the start of the exercise. Cause usually once you're in, it's pretty easy to keep going, but just getting there is like more than half the battle a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, half Kawhi and Nutella both bring up a pretty good point, right? I, I'm, I, you guys need to transition obviously into the right volume. 
uh, you're not going to jump in and just hit 50 intervals or uh, four sets, uh, you know, 10, eight, six, a pyramid scheme of your, of your sets for the big lifts. You're going to start with two sets, right? Make sure you have the motor coordination, make sure you have your form correct. Um, and it doesn't matter. Like don't chase the sweat. Don't chase the soreness in the beginning. It's just about doing the exercise correctly. And then you, I mean, you still get the benefits from it. Totally, totally. Pre workout drink too, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. So, the last question that I wanted to ask is a little bit of a different angle. And that is, I want to talk about your brain a little bit, mental side of stuff. Um, there was a question earlier about what the, per, what the good mental state is for playing Dota. And then somebody else asked about meditation and mindfulness. And I wanted to get your opinion on that kind of stuff, like either relaxing in between games, um, how to prepare yourself on the mental side of things and what do you recommend to players that are in high stress situations like the the pro gamers that you work with so i probably am going to have a pretty controversial controversial opinion on this but i think uh, while meditation is helpful most of the time it's re it's relating to how we think and our perspective about things that influence how stressed we get in the game so while it's really popular right now for a lot of sports psychologists and things to recommend these initiatives like, oh, go and take a walk or let's have this team activity where we talk about this, it doesn't un address the underlying issue, which is how do you perceive this specific stressor within the game and why, uh, why is it getting you stressed? What are the thought patterns? And you know, I was really fortunate in one of the – I was in orthopedic residency, one of the best in the – uh, in the nation, it was Kaiser, and we learned a lot about chronic pain and how to uh, how to use cognitive behavioral therapy to address um, chronic pain. And a lot of it came down to addressing what we call thought viruses or how they approach or see certain situations. And uh, I think the biggest thing that we can realize is what you think is influences everything that you do. Your thoughts and your emotions um, and your behaviors are all related. Um, but what you can actually influence are your thoughts, one, and then two, your behaviors. So those are the things I would work on, right? Having better self-awareness of your thoughts, identifying the triggers that are getting you stressed, um, and, and then utilizing these supplemental tools like running, meditation, deep breathing, four-by-four four breathing, box breathing, diaphragm, whatever, to change your state, to allow you to reach uh, whatever, a, a calm or more neutral state before you start playing. Um, but if you don't understand why you're stressed and you just calm yourself down, okay, great. The next time that that situation arises again, you're going to be stressed again. So um, I think it's even valuable to explore working with a sports psychologist, right? Working with um, sure. just sure. a regular clinical psychologist to dig into your own thoughts. Why not, right? That That's such a a taboo or, or such that has such negative connotations. Oh, I'm working with a therapist. Well, fuck yeah. Like I know my thoughts. I, I, I have a better grasp of how I think. So I'm happy to work with a therapist. Um, so I, I think we need to flip the perspective and, and flip how we approach thinking about understanding our thoughts better. Um, like, look at Astralis. They were like the first CSGO team to integrate a sports psychologist and they're the best CSGO team in the world. And uh, that same sports psychologist worked with OG, and they're the only team that's ever repeated it as TI champions. Like, yeah. there's something to that. There's something to um, 
I mean, self-awareness being the most important, I think. Right. Like, right. Because otherwise you're basically just like a blind man trying to figure out how to, I don't know, paint or draw or something like that. Yeah. You don't have any frame of reference to what is like a balanced state of mind. If you're just like constantly high, low, high, low, high, low. And I think that's why a lot of people in Dota are so affected by the wins and losses. Like the, the investment into a game is like, you know, 35 to 40 minutes. And that can be a pretty significant chunk of your day. And so it's pretty natural to be really attached to the the wins and losses. But at the same time, if you are going from a super low low to a super high high and you don't have any sort of in the middle, you're going to have a really hard time being consistent in anything that you do. So mm -hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. And I think a big part of it is it's not easy, right? Yeah. It's, and it's that's okay. work. Yeah. It's super hard work to change how you approach certain situations. So exactly this Jamie McCallum, how you train your body, you have to train your mind. Yep. And it's no joke. You have to work really, really hard. Every time I think about this, every time I encounter this situation, what is my first thought and how can I change that? Right. You're reprogramming your subconscious or reprogramming uh, your initial reaction for a lot of things. Um, so it's a pretty, pretty big field to dive into. Um, but you know, I love it. I love learning more about it. Um, hopefully that was helpful for, no, maybe. totally. That's good stuff. All right, man. I, I appreciate you tuning in and I appreciate what you're doing for esports. I, I know I've talked to you about it before, but I think it's, I think it's really dope that there is a, a professional in the field actually trying to make a difference in this regard. So, uh, thank you for joining us here. Thanks to chat. And thanks to Patreon for providing the questions and support. That's right. um, you want to tell everybody where to find you so that they can uh, follow up maybe, maybe even learn some, some real exercises instead of just from stick uh, diagrams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have my own Patreon. It's just Patreon backslash one HP. Um, and then my YouTube and my Twitter, my Twitter is HP for gamers. My YouTube is also HP for gamers. Maybe. I mean, I think it's, I think it was like my private channel that I changed, but it's one health providence now, now that I look it up. Um, but you can just look up one HP or look up some of my guides. You can look up my name, Matthew who on YouTube and you'll see some stuff. You'll probably find some dancing videos cause I used to teach, used to teach hip hop dance, but, um, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll link some stuff in the chat right now for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Who, you know, that was my, one of my, <laughs> this is. Those are like my two, like really iconic YouTube videos. Um, yeah, you know, feel free to ask me, shoot me some questions, follow me on Twitter, whatever you guys want. Um, and thank you guys for tuning in, asking really thoughtful questions. I really like, I really like the Dota community. Um, I always like take a little bit of pride being like, oh yeah, I played the OG Dota because I just feel like, you know, no cap, we're just more intellectual. <laughs> more hardcore, more dedicated, <laughs> for sure, dude. That's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. Am man. I wrong? No, but not at you all. know, hopefully, not none of my Overwatch, League of Legends, <laughs> CS:GO, Fortnite followers are watching this. Dota Sorry. number one. No cap, Dota. Dota's Dota the best. One.